Welcome to Prima's 2022 podcast series. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Director of Education at Prima. On this Prima podcast, Richard Spears will discuss methods for agencies to mitigate media inquiries. Richard is a consultant at the Spears Consulting LLC. We will also be joined by Prima's Education Coordinator, Taekwon Gilbert. Taekwon will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the podcast. Rick, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for letting me do it today. (laughs) No problem. For starters, which events typically captures the media's attention? Well, obviously, you know, the one that gets the media the fastest these days are police cases. But this talk is not just about police, but the police are a big one where the media gets involved right away. But there's other things that can happen. If any of the city employees are accused of harassment or abuse of any kind, that can get the media. The community's reputation can also generate things. There were some suburbs that I worked with for many years, and and they uh, had a history that goes way back decades about something bad that happened. But that community still has that reputation that you know, even though they don't do that kind of thing anymore, that kind of stuff came up. And and the the thing that was interesting, if you had to go to a trial for one of those communities the courtroom, it was almost like you had two strikes against you because of their reputation. So that's important. But it also, the people who live in a community can get mad if there's finance issues or taxes or other decisions made that they don't all agree to. And so they've made some comments about it, and then the media will jump on it. And then if some another incident happens that's not even related to that, the media will jump on it because of the, the community's reputation. Sometimes the media will get involved in something if something occurs, but the information they have about the community might not be related to the incident, but they'll still jump on board because they know it gets a lot of publicity. So that's why mostly it can, there's a lot of different things that can get the media on board. Does the demographics of your community matter? Yes, it really does. Demographics are something that is not something, well, recently there's been uh, censuses going out, so now towns and cities should be getting all the uh, demographics in their town. But a lot of towns are started, you know, 100 years ago or whatever by people from other parts of the world. And over the last several years, that may have changed completely. And uh, sometimes a town, if they don't pay attention to the demographics, if they don't make changes within their group. And, uh, you know, this, I'm not going to be talking about cases every time we have a question, but a couple of years ago when that shooting occurred down a fatal shooting of us of a person in Ferguson Missouri the the media jumped all over this regarding demographics because Ferguson was the community there was mostly african american and their police department was way more than percentage higher in just white officers and even really it didn't have that big of significance to the case but it got the media jumping all over Ferguson because of, that's one of the reasons they did it but there's so many different ways a community can change over the years. There are some communities now that become more Asian than, than European or whatever. And it's just really good for the, the town to know what's going on with their demographics. And they might have to make some changes in their police department and all their other employees just to make sure they can understand who they are dealing with. What type of videos grab the highest media attention? And that's a really interesting thing to talk about because you know, obviously, police body cam videos are always requested right away to get out, but they don't always get released right away. 
But if somebody is on the scene and using their phone to take a video, it could be provided to the media within a couple minutes after it happened. Or it could be put on Facebook or some other social media. And some of the, and a lot of those videos that are released by somebody who's just taking them, they weren't there the whole time. They were only there for the, the worst time of it. But that, that makes the media jump over it. They'd be glad to take any kind of video they can receive. And that really gets their attention fast. And, uh, you know, uh, body cams are being used more and more all around the country. And the media always wants them to get released right away. And uh, it doesn't always, I mean, the, the, a body camera video is not always able to be released right away. Another example of why it's important to consider doing it when you can. A couple of years ago in Chicago, there was a fatal police shooting and the, the, they had a body camera and they also had a, a dash cam video of it, but the city didn't release it for a long time. It was almost a year that they didn't release it. And the media jumped on the guy who was mayor at the time. They were saying he didn't want to release the video because he was getting ready to the election was coming up and he was getting ready for that. I don't know if that was the real answer, but they jumped on it because of that. And then when the video was released, the media and the community went wild and they had a, uh, the officer was charged with murder and actually he was found guilty and was in jail. And if some of that stuff would, would have been released earlier, it might not have gotten that bad, but, but that that's the videos that, that come that don't always have all the details that are needed. And uh, especially if they're taken by somebody who just happened to walk up to the situation, the media will take any video they can receive. Who will the media contact to obtain more information regarding a recent incident? Yeah, this is another important thing for a town, city, school districts or whatever. The media is going to, first of all, they're going to reach out to the person who they think might be one of the most important people in the community. If they don't have, you know, say that, say it's a case under investigation of some court that hasn't been completed yet, but they'll still reach out. Sometimes they reach out to the mayor or somebody in the city council or the town's city attorney or the you know, chief of the police or the manager of some department or something like that. So they, they sometimes will reach out to parties that you don't really think that have all that information. And, and uh, especially there have been many times when there was a, a police-related case when they reached out to the mayor who didn't have all the details. The mayor made it sound like the, the police department did bad even though they don't have the details yet. And, and uh, so that the media will reach out to the person they know that they, they think they know the most in the area, the person they think can give them some kind of an answer. And uh, it's really good. We'll talk about this a little later, but it's really good for training to go on that when something happens, and, and again, it's not just police. When, say, if, say if there was some kind of ha happen, if the city was doing maintenance somewhere and somebody got hurt, Whoever was in charge of that needs to know that they should be willing to share what information they have as quickly as possible to the parties that could contact the media to start things off, rather than if the media will come if they aren't getting any information on that. So that's why it's important to be ready. But when they don't get information, that's when they start reaching out to the mayors, the city council, the city attorneys. And, and uh, there's sometimes those answers from the people are always as good as it could be, and it doesn't always help the situation too well. 
So that uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more about uh, some good training that should go on. How does the media react when their questions are not responded to? That's when they really jump hard in a negative way against a town or a city or a school. If they contact somebody and they ask a question and that person responds by saying, no, I got nothing, nothing to answer, you know, that kind of thing. The media jumps on that. They think things are being hidden. They think things, you know, are just bad. And uh, so it's very important when you talk to the media to, you know, if, if something happened less than less than 24 hours before they contact you, you can just say we're, we're it's under analysis and we'll get back to you. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. But right now, we don't have enough information to talk about it. And the media likes hearing it that way rather than saying no. Because if, if they think you're not willing to share information, then they'll try to think there's something negative going on. And that's when it'll hit the it'll hit the news about that. So they, you have to be careful that you respond in a good way. Even though you don't have all the information, just be a positive response saying you'll get back to them as soon as you can. What type of training is needed for all employees to deal with the media? One of the biggest things that needs to be improved within towns, cities, schools, and everything is internal communication. A lot of times, something will happen that may have taken place many times before, but nobody in the, the area told anybody else, you know, never told the mayor, the city council, but definitely never told the risk management department. Well, sometimes I have to tell stories, so here's another one. There was a high school that had a lawsuit filed about abuse from senior kids against the freshman kids during a soccer training. And when that hit the news, that hit the news because it was later determined that this happened quite often at the school. There was no proof of that, that it happened, but the soccer coach and the assistant coach were immediately fired and suits were filed against them and some other things. But the principal at that school had been there for many, many years. But one thing that was interesting about this, I happened to know somebody who went to that high school years ago, and I called them, you know, and they said, oh, that happens every year. So that ended up going on. And this wasn't nearly the abuse allegations were, were not nearly as bad as what the lawsuit said. It was just they, they, were, they were teasing these kids, but they weren't hitting them and doing stuff that would have been a, a real heavily abusive case. But because of the history of this going on, the principal never heard about it. The school board never heard about it until after the lawsuit was filed. And so because that happened, it really generated a large exposure case. And a lot of people that were at that school as freshmen for many, many years prior, they added themselves to the lawsuits. When something occurs or if there's something that could cause a problem, then inside the, the town and city and school districts, they should share it with the people who are up in the leadership realm. I had a, a jail case years ago where the warden, a suit was filed against him for not only just sexual abuse, but also for improperly tying up some people in the things. And that guy had been there at that prison for it was like 15 or 20 years. And apparently he had been doing these kind of things for years, but no one at the community and the county that the jail was, nobody at the county, the risk manager, nobody was ever told that anything like that could happen. And when it happened, the media jumped all over it, and then the media learned about it had been going on for years. That was bad for the reputation of the area. In that case, 
settled for a lot of money. Uh, you couldn't take that one to trial because the jury was. But in addition to making sure that internal communication is improved and that people who work in certain parts of, a, of an area shouldn't hide things from the risk management, from the city council or whatever. So that's important. But then in addition to the internal communication, people should be taught about public discussion. Um, you know, if the, if the media is at a crime scene and they want to talk to an officer and an officer just walks away, doesn't talk or something like that, that's a problem. And the mayors and the city council, all that, they need to be known that when they talk to the media, they have to be careful what they say to say the right things and not let the media know something that they can jump over. So that, that kind of training is important. Internal communication and then the public discussions, very important to learn how to do. How can you improve your relationship with the media before an incident occurs? Yes, this is something that I'm starting to see happening more and more throughout the area in the town that I live in. I live in a suburb of Chicago, but they are doing a lot to increase their relationship with the local community. One of the things they do here, and it's not just in my town, they do it in a lot of other towns and probably all around the country, but in a couple of days, our police officers are going to be up on the roof of a Dunkin' Donuts facility because they're, they're there to raise money for the Special Olympics. And they do other things to raise money for things, and uh, but something like that. And also, they go, they're at public activities, and, you know, the, the our mayor in my town, well, actually, he he retired last year, but he was really good at going to any events that the city would have, do some introductions or do some things, but also be open to talk to people that come up to him. And so it's really good for towns and cities to have some of their employees get involved in situations, you know, the school district events or the, or anything else that they, they can do that. And uh, so their ability to communicate with the media is good, but if they do good things in the town and the town uh, uh, members, the, the town population it becomes very positive on behalf of the town because of the things they're doing to increase their communications and try not to hide things and things like that. That has always worked out well. And so there have been cases where the police department or not just police, but the city had a good relationship with their community that when an event occurred and the media started sounding negative, there is always good conversations put in. One thing that's interesting to do is if you see, if you have a, an event that happens on the newspaper and, but online, and then you see a lot of uh, comments being put in afterwards. If people are big supporters of the community, there'll be positive statements in the comments, but that can also be negative comments too. But it's always good to review those comments that are put in because it gives you an idea. For a community to be willing to talk and to be doing things to improve the community, to be doing things, that always helps them build up their relationship, and that helps more positive talk go to the media on that. So that's always a good thing to do. Is the media ever on your side? Yes. I wanted to really make it clear that the media is not always negative against a town or a city or a school district. They're not always like that, but as long as they can they know that they can trust in you to respond to things. They won't try to be negative. And they're, you know, they're not developed to be a negative operation against it, but you just have to be careful that if you 
do a few things. You don't answer a question they ask or you don't ever reveal any information that you have or or somebody who was a witness was able to give the media more information than you were at the time. They'll, they can be a little aggressively angry, but as long as they know they can rely on you to be available to talk, then they won't always be, you know, there are events that sound negative and uh, that can be their way they jump on it. But if it gets worked out in a better way, they can be positive about it. You never want to make it sound like the media is always against you. They might not always be. They might be on your side. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I didn't want to make this in a, just a police-related thing, but, you know, the, the things that grab the media's attention regarding police events, obviously one of the first ones, and I mean, this one, you know, is the number of shots that are fired in, a, in an occurrence. That can be a big issue. And, and uh, if you have it, if you have a situation where a number of shots are fired, and especially if they're catched on a, on a video, you have to be ready to know the, the media is going to jump hard on that. And also the uh, agency's reputation is very important. And, uh, you know, what, what we've already talked about how reputation can hurt the community if they're in a, a you know, financial or political issues or anything like that that angered the residents. But one of the things that's very interesting when you have a case police-related case that goes to court, if the officer had any complaints ever filed against them in the past, or if he had a, you know, if he had another case that was similar to what was going on, the judge will allow that into the case. But if the person, the claimant or the plaintiff who got hurt or filed a lawsuit had a history of bad things, the judge doesn't always include that into the case because they'll say, well, that his past didn't have anything to do with what happened. That's a real angrifying thing if you're in a lawsuit case because of that, because the officer, you know, sometimes these, there are complaints filed that are not that important or relevant. And there are some, but, but most of them aren't that bad. But they, I don't see why that has to be put into the case. I had a case once a few years back where it was a, a fatal police shooting, and it's a long story. I'm not going to tell the whole story. But the guy who got shot, had been arrested over 90 times in his life, and that was never put into the case. And uh, the officer was relatively new, and he'd only, he was only like 25, the officer was only like 25 years old, he had never done any shooting, but there was one complaint about him talking too loud, and it wasn't that big a deal, but they let that into the case, and that case eventually got resolved, but because of what was put on the media, the officer was charged with murder, and he had to go to trial twice, they had they never could get the jury to make a decision on it, so he was eventually released. But that was tough for him because he had lost his job and his reputation as an officer. That one's good. And uh, we've already talked about this a little bit, but the investigation might show no extreme negligence, but because of those videos that are released, you know, by by social media, by by the people who might have been there, that can get the, the media jumping on it too. And uh, so. There's just a lot of things that have to be considered, you know, in the police-related world. There's immunities and tort caps, and they can be yes or no, but the venue that the case is filed in, you know, if it's in a federal lawsuit, the plaintiff attorney fees can go right through the roof. Even if it's a case that the jury only awards, say, well, say say they they award a verdict of of $1,000, and then then the attorney can file for his lawsuit cost, I mean, his, his legal expenses, and they normally ask for over a million dollars, so it goes up and down on that. But, you know, the venue is important to be careful with and uh, all that. But 
it's just all these things that, that we're talking about with the media, they can generate a lot of things that a jury, uh, somebody who ends up in the jury will hear, and it can cause a problem on that. And uh, if you have a case with a plaintiff that had a, a, that a family had a, a huge emotional distress or some kind of trauma, that can really hurt in the jury evaluation of the case, too. So it's always good when you have all these situations, even though some of them don't seem significant, you need to think about it and then consider whether the case, whether to try to, to settle a case before going to the court or, you know, you have mediations or set up some other things. But it's very important to think about what might be the best way to resolve the case. And, and the earliest you can resolve it sometimes is one of the best things you can do. And, uh, there's just all these factors that can jump into a case that don't sound important at first, but then the then the attorney will jump all over to make it sound very important. So that's why you have to be careful with that. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks to our speaker and all of our listeners. Please visit the Prima website to hear other Prima podcasts, view upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about other Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Have an amazing day.